You are listening to the Phoenix Podcast with UK life and wellbeing coach Zoe Thompson. Meaningful and light-hearted conversations packed with hints, tips and advice to help you live the life that you want with confidence. Like, subscribe, share and make sure you stay tuned to create the tomorrow you want while learning to love your today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fire 5 at Phoenix. I'm joined by my guest today, Charlotte Phillips-Lynn, and we will be talking about reflection and review. So we're recording this in December, which is a great time of year to take that pause, take that stop and think things through before we get into the planning for the next year ahead. Uh, The main difference with this podcast is that I haven't seen the questions. So Charlotte has five questions on that topic. I've not seen them. So any answers that you hear over the next 45 minutes or so, uh, they're definitely not planned. Uh, They've not been thought through. So you're just going to get what happens and the flow of the conversation. But hopefully lots for you to take away from the conversation that uh, happens in the next 45 minutes. So before we get into the questions, Charlotte, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, so I'm Charlotte, um, as I just mentioned. Um, I work for a a tech company in Bath um, as an operations analyst. But also um, I've recently become their DNI partner. So diversity and inclusion partner. Um, And then outside of that, I do a lot of DNI work um, as well on LinkedIn and Instagram. Awesome. And so important. And it's great from my perspective to see it being talked about a lot more because it's one of those things that it's about understanding, isn't it? I think that's the key for me is that the more we know, the more we can understand. And the more we can understand, the more we can do better, I think is yeah how I see it anyway I think it's just a case of doing better and we can we can all do better but the more we understand um I think that definitely helps so five questions on reflection and review yeah we should we just get straight into it yeah might as well well. I am ready when you are (laughs) okay so my first question is um how often do you um review and reflect and what does that look like uh, personally or professionally? Both. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Why not both? Uh, personally, I uh, take a pause once a year. Uh, so on, uh, it's actually the anniversary of a death of a friend of mine. Um, I use that date to take myself off on a little walk and just check in with Am I living the life that I want to live? Am I showing up the way I want to show up? Am I doing the things that I want to do? They sound really selfish questions, don't they, when you say it like that? But it's really important for me because her life was taken away from her at a really young age. Mm -hmm. And at her funeral, I kind of made a promise to her, but also to myself that I, you know, it's that gift of life, isn't it? That I have this extra time that she doesn't have. Um, And so it's really important for me to use like her passing as a reminder that I've been given the gift of another 12 months. Have I used them in the way that I wanted to use them? And actually, what do I want to do over the next 12 months? And I guess, although those questions can sound quite selfish, some of those questions are about what am I doing for other people? And how am I 
leaving a legacy or how am I leaving a footprint in the sand if you like that I'm happy with and what can I do what can I do more you know that be better how can I be better for me but also for other people as well so that's my personal check-in July every year uh, and then professionally I check in a lot more I think as a business owner I think it's really important to keep your eye on the ball uh, and not let things uh, I think it can be really easy with consistency and routine and practice to keep doing the same things over and over because that's what you've always done whereas I think with business it's really important to check in on a regular basis because things do need to change and you do need to kind of stay I think it's nice to be ahead of the curve but at least on the curve if you can't get ahead of it so I check in monthly for from a business perspective so at the end of each month uh, I do the finances um, so that makes it definitely a lot easier when the tax return time comes <clears throat> so I do do the finances but also check in with who have I worked with, what's gone well, but also you know, numbers of people coming through, inquiries that I've had, what inquiries have converted, where they've come from, all of the more, yeah, the, the more boring logistics side of running a business. And I don't enjoy it. Um, yeah. There is quite often the thing on the to-do list that I'm quite happy to let drop off the bottom. Um, but I do recognise that it's important. So it's a bit more number crunching, but also the quality of um, the qualitative data, if you like, of counting counting what the business is doing. And then at the end of the year, um, do a slightly more qualitative kind of exercise of looking back, who have I worked with? What have I enjoyed most? What do I want to do more of? And then that then information then goes into the year ahead so for someone who's not naturally a reflective person I'm definitely much more of a doer than a reflector okay. uh, I have found ways to be able to do that on a regular basis but I will be the first to admit that they if I could do something else instead yeah. absolutely I can find something else to do instead fair enough call it like how does it work procrastination a review <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a procrastination reviewer. Absolutely. How does it how does it work for you? Um, so I guess I don't necessarily do that so much at the moment. Um, it's more of like a blase kind of thing rather than actually like dedicating time to do it, um, which is something I'm going to work on next year. Excellent. Uh, well, I can I can definitely share share my learning. Uh, it's it's yes, a hard. I find it quite difficult because although I understand the purpose behind it, uh, I find and I was talking about this um, with the guests last time is that I find as soon as I start to look at what's gone well, I, or even with what hasn't gone well, my mind is already jumping ahead to well, what can I do instead? And yeah. I find myself almost getting diverted away into that yeah. and fixing or doing something different rather than really looking at the whole picture. So yeah. I do have to force myself. <laughs> you see me in here, it's like Kevin the teenager sometimes. Like, I don't want to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. I can understand that and see that, to be honest. Mm, so easy to do. Yeah, Very. Cool. 
Do you want my second question? Yeah. So, um, my second question is, the Gibbs reflective cycle is a common flow diagram of reflection, but are there other techniques that you might use or suggest for someone who might not know how to reflect? Uh, I've certainly used the learning cycle with people, which I think is similar, but not quite the same. I mean, with a lot of these models, because they are born, if you like, out of scientific research and the scientific yeah. research is on humans, uh, actually the psychology side of it is very similar. Uh, yeah. I think it's more just about finding a framework that resonates with you. So certainly when, I, um, when I'm teaching, if you like, or doing self-development programs, I tend to use a couple of different models because different models resonate with different people dependent on their thinking style, their learning style, all of those things. So I uh, certainly use the learning, the learning cycle of you know, that constant reflection, reflection and review. I also uh, use the STAR model, so stop, think, act, review. That for me just keeps it nice and simple of like you need yeah. to stop. I think lots of lots of people and i include myself in that will go harder faster when something isn't working so in where actually we need to stop and take that step back and be able to look at it get upstream if you like and then think okay what isn't working why isn't this working and what do i need to do differently which point because sometimes it's not about changing the whole thing sometimes it's just changing one element in it that helps yep. them work better so for me, that stop, act, stop, um, uh, S-T-A-R, so stop, think, act, review. There's me telling you that it's simple and then I can't, yeah. I can't spell. Uh, so yeah, stop, think, act, review, for me, yeah. is the simplest way of, of doing it. And the review is really important. So making sure that you, when you decide to do something different, putting something in the diary to say, right, and it might just be a daily, check-in or it might be weekly or it might be longer than that but i think making sure that you put that time aside to deck in is also really important did you yeah. pick that because that's one that you use yeah so when i was looking on on i guess like how to do reflection and, and stuff like that because it's kind of like where do you start like it's a bit of a minefield of anything like how do you yeah. do it what do you do and everyone has like their own way of doing it of course so um is one of the models I looked at and I was like, okay, this makes sense. But I think actually that star method you just mentioned is a whole lot simpler, like, you know, like you say, and actually being able to stop and think about everything, that's probably like the hardest part. And then, you know, what you're going to then do off the back of that. And like you were saying in the answer to the previous question, like not to solutionize as you kind of, yeah. like are almost thinking about it, almost just let it flow and have that full holistic review of it before you then start changing or, or and that even how you go about changing it. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it is that simplicity, but it's also that making sure that I do it on a regular basis because it is, when something isn't working, we tend to just do more of, don't we? We do more of the same, like that harder, faster approach, whereas actually taking that step back and looking at it. And I quite often use uh, my accountability partner or a peer coach to bounce things around with to say, look, this isn't working. 
you know what how do you approach it what do you do what's different because actually listening to other people who've got different approaches sometimes helps me to find a different way of working it through rather than going with what I've always done because just because that's what I've always done it doesn't mean that that is necessarily the best way to do it so having conversations with people who do have different approaches is is really helpful so yeah really important cool that's good to know yeah, you have to try it. Let me know how you let me know how you get on. But I think also it's it's a good reminder for me to to check that there are different models out there, and then actually yeah. there might be others that can also help. So yeah, it's a good good reminder for me too. Yeah, nice. Got my next one. <laughs> yeah, first first year have been good so far. So no no pressure. <laughs> um, so um, Christmas and New Year time where we currently are at the moment is stereotypically like a time for a reflection and review do you find that this is where people make like big life choices or rush choices because it's kind of a new year new me thing or is it more is it more educated because it is kind of a start of a year and you know it is a good point to start new things or i know gym memberships kind of go through the roof and stuff like that um do you see similar things in your world happen like that the word that jumps to mind as you ask the question is is pressure. I think people feel a pressure to make decisions and it's a conversation that happens a lot, doesn't it, this time of year of, okay, what yeah. are you for next year? What are you doing next year? What's next year looking like for you? So I think people perhaps feel a bit more pressure to do something. Um, and it's interesting because as a coach, I get people that sign up to work with me all year round because there's something that's come up for them that they want to work on, they want to yep. do. Um, so I think sometimes life makes the decision. Yeah. Once. But I think the benefit of Christmas and New Year in terms of reflection is that most people slow down yep. for that Christmas period. So even if you work a, a couple of days in between, you've almost got that forced stop, which... Yeah. To be fair, we all experienced in COVID, didn't we, with the lockdowns, we had that almost a hard four stop, whereas yeah. Christmas, New Year, it's a slower, more of a pause than a stop. Um, yeah. and I actually, there's a lot of people who still work over the Christmas and New Year period, but I think because everybody else slows down, even when you're working, you find there's a shift in, in yeah. that sort of pace of that two weeks. Yeah. So I think it just gives people a little bit of space, but I think also dependent on circumstances and how you choose to spend your time over Christmas and New Year. It's quite often, you know, we we try to, you know, where, where it's under our control or where, where it's in our influence that we can, we spend time with people who are important to us or we do things that are important to us or with that little bit of extra time where we're not working, we might spend time doing things that are important to us that we don't normally get time to do. So I think that slower pace does help influence a little but I think I don't know that people necessarily jump into it I think it's more a pressure of that everybody else is doing it so I need yeah. to do something too or more that societal expectation of that new year new me of course it's all over the marketing as well yeah. um, and you know I, I include myself in that you know I would be lying if I didn't say that I've put posts out that have said you know are you thinking about making changes in the new year yeah because people are yeah yeah people want some support with what they've got planned and some yeah. people won't so it's again you know it is in marketing which means when you log into social media 
there's a lot on there. So sometimes it's that fear of missing out, isn't it? Of, well, everybody else is doing something. Why aren't I? Yeah. So I think it's more pressure. Uh, but I think, you know, I think the, the, you know, a question I always ask to people, are, you know, are these your goals? Is this what you want to do? Why yeah. do you want to do it? What's the compelling purpose for you? Because when things get difficult, you have to want to be able to do this. You have to want to put the time and the effort in and the energy in, and you've got to invest your time, effort, and energy into doing this. So it's got to be important to you. It can't be somebody else's goal. It can't be, you know, a next step goal of, well, just because you've done this, now you have to do this. Yeah. Like marriage, then babies, or job job success then promotion you know you don't there's always that expectation of well now you've done this you must surely be thinking about doing this well actually that's not the case for everybody you know and then there's the the deja vu goals of well I set this goal every year so yeah. this is this is my new year's resolution because it's been my new year's resolution for the past 10 years, past yeah. 10 years. <laughs> you know that okay and I'm still still setting it still working on it so I think yeah. there's lots of different goals out there isn't there yeah um, think it's just that awareness isn't it that it's your year it's you you get to choose where you put your effort and energy so if you're setting goals you know, set set the goals that you want to you want to do you know how do you want the year to look like you know and, and a lot of goals are a, a journey aren't they they're not uh just show up and it's the job done it's it takes yeah. time and it, it's consistency it's got to be sustainable all of those things but is that how you want to spend your year because if the thought of you know, going out and running three times a week is not for you, then set a different goal. You know, there's there's freedom of choice for a lot of us with a lot of things. And I think whilst there might be a pressure to do something, you can still choose what you choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I agree with the whole pressure thing of like everyone else is kind of setting New Year's resolutions. And if you get asked, like, have you got one? And you don't, then you kind of just make something up on the spot because it's kind of like I can't just not have a purpose for the year, or or you know, however like anyone sees it. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. And and the, go back to the point of how like you do stop. So like lockdown was massive in terms of like thinking about things because like what else did you have to do apart from you know like making banana bread or you know like all these weird things we did like eating outside and like freezing cold weather and things like that, but. Um, it definitely allowed you to stop and think and I think like a lot of people coming out of that are, are still struggling from that year because it was such a weird time for everyone yeah and I think the other thing that that I certainly noticed with with lockdowns and COVID restrictions was that we worked out very quickly what was important to us and what wasn't yep. so there's yeah. certain things that we weren't allowed to do or we were restricted in being able to do, there were some people that that was almost devastating for them. And there were other people that were like, no, that's okay. Oh, you know, we'll, we'll pick it up when, or we'll do that in a couple of months time. So I think in terms of values and, and purpose and things that were, I think COVID and restrictions and lockdown helped us to work out very, very quickly what was important and what wasn't. And I think the fallout of that which has been both positive and negative, is how people are now trying to make decisions that are aligned with that. And yeah. for some, there's been some quite significant decisions. And yeah. for others, it's more been around the changes to embed 
what it is they want and how they want life to be knowing what they know now so I think yeah. you know you I, you know I like to see the positive out of things that happen and I think that has been one positive of of what has gone on in the last couple of years but it's not a positive yet for everybody because I think a lot of people are still trying to work out they now know what's important but they now are trying to work out what does life look like if I prioritize the things that I know are important how do I align my life decisions and my day-to-day decisions with the things that are important and I think that's that's a significant challenge for a lot of people so yeah to be fair what you've just said there like really resonates because I'm like how do I go about prioritizing myself because I'm a massive people pleaser and it's kind of like, wow, there was a time where like, I couldn't see you. So should I now feel obliged to see you because I can see you more often and stuff like that? And it's, I think it's really hard in terms of, you know, you need to prioritize yourself in, in, in a lot of situations whilst potentially making other people unhappy. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's that and I talk a lot you know that life is about balance whether it's balance of uh you know what life looks like but even down to balance of our behaviors or balance of where we spend time and it's that i'm okay you're okay and the people pleasing element is when it gets too far the other way of looking out for what everybody else is looking for and not balancing it out with what is okay with you and from my point of view you know you're in a good place with that balance when you're okay yeah, and they're okay. So it's finding that way of looking after yourself, but also looking after the other people that are important to you, but not to the point where you're not okay, but also yeah. not to the point where you're okay, but they're not. So it's finding that finding that balance and being able to work it work it out. And I think it's, that's difficult sometimes. It's a difficult balance to balance your own needs and still meet meet your own needs and meet other people's needs as well. Yeah. And I think Christmas is a classic example of that, of how many people you see, how much you travel around, yeah. who's you go to, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I <clears throat> I get it as a point of, you know, it's kind of like a, a soft pause, I suppose, like mm. in that time for people to, you know, see who they want to see. And what a past like job <clears throat> used to come in after Christmas and people would call up and be changing everything on their policies because they'd like sat and reviewed during that time, like what they wanted. And, you know, a lot changes as well. Like if you look back at the whole year, you know, you kind of think like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like the same stuff that happens each day. But actually, when you really look back at it, like a lot changes. Mm. Yeah, I and that's the, that's the thing, isn't it, is that when you're caught up in it, when you're living it, it, it it doesn't you don't see and feel the effects quite as much when you take that pause and you look back and you're able to look at the big picture you know uh, we did a, a workshop yesterday looking at you know reflecting on the year and that was one of the questions and the group were talking about how actually it's very easy to overlook some of the good things that have happened because some of the more challenging things have almost consumed that headspace or consumed that energy so we always forget some of the other things or some of the other impact or how we might have grown or evolved in in different ways so the big picture is really important you know I think there's a time and place for that tunnel vision and having a you know a very clear line of sight of what it is that you're working on and that having that direction and having that clarity but I think looking back it's 
better to have as much in that picture as possible. So it's definitely yeah. a place for both. Yeah, and a lot of people do focus on the negative aspects rather than the positive ones. Yeah. Um, but most of all, there's more positive than negatives for, for most people. And even with the negatives, it's pulling out what some of the positives have been within that experience. And I, it's not about a reframe to the point where you're trying to make a negative experience become positive. It's about finding the positives within that negative experience. And sometimes that is the learning. You know, sometimes that's okay. Well, that was a really tough couple of months, but I've learned this about myself and I've built some resilience or I've met some amazing people. You know, sometimes the big picture is negative, but there are some pieces within that picture that are real positives. And, And I think that's for me part of the reflection of even in the more challenging elements that of being able to spend some time drawing out what the positives are. Yeah. It kind of leads on to my next question, actually. Ah. I juggled them around and I kind (laughs) of did. (laughs) Um, So my next question is, um, a lot of the terminology when it comes to reviewing and reflecting is to sit with it. Mm. So um, how would you sit with it and what advice would you give to people on how to do it? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm the best person to to do that because I I have real I, mean, I have trouble sitting still, let alone sit, sitting with it. I I I don't know that I necessarily agree that sitting with it is always the best approach. Okay, cool. uh, I I I have difficulty sometimes. I mean, it's a blanket approach for any of these things is never is yeah. is never what they're intended for. Um, I think there are times to sit with it. I think we don't like to be uncomfortable. So we do quite often look to try and find a way out of that discomfort as quickly as possible. Whereas actually sitting in it, sitting with it is part of the learning and we have to feel the negatives or the uncomfortable feelings as much as we want to feel the positives. And life is about that. Life, nobody goes through life without having parts or or moments that are uncomfortable and I think part of building your resilience is being able to sit with those emotions and sit in those uncomfortable moments as well but I don't know that that's always helpful so certainly I think there are times where actually that risk the response is more helpful to take action and yeah. then reflect and sometimes the response is to reflect, sit with it, and then take action. But I think it's not a definitely not a blanket approach. Yeah. And I do see in particular with people who really struggle with overthinking, overwhelm, anxiety, yeah. uh, sitting with it is not always helpful. So I think you need to build resilience to be able to sit with it. And I think it's a good practice to be able to do that, but it's recognising when it's helpful and when it's not going to be helpful and making that a conscious decision. I I definitely speak to some people who sit with it for long periods of time and don't take action. And I also have worked with people who will avoid sitting with it 
and yeah. also avoid taking action and it's almost that denial avoidance yeah uh, it's, it's different for different people but I think the building that resilience is being able to work with being uncomfortable and yeah. recognizing that being uncomfortable isn't always a negative yeah sometimes it's uncomfortable because something is important to us and I'm not, certainly so uh, as an example uh, I went to excuse me a second <clears throat> I went to um, a basketball tournament with a junior junior basketball team um, in the summer and uh, went there to give them some support in, in a coaching coaching role mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> they lost a game and quite understandably they were upset yeah. uh, and you know there was a lot they were sat outside and you know they were all going through a variety of different emotions different people were dealing with it in different ways and there was a conversation with some I had a conversation with a couple of the parents and and there was some real understandably because as a parent you don't want your child being upset you don't want your child to be feeling uncomfortable um, but we had a conversation about actually this is a really important time for them because they need to sit with this for a little bit because they need to reflect on what's just happened because that's where they're going to take the learning. That's where they're going to understand what's important and that's going to help them for their next game. So there is an occasion where this is important because they need to take the learning to be able to put it into practice and so I think there there are definitely benefits to do that. Um, and you know, different different parents had different um, opinions, which is yeah, that's that's how it works. Um, but just understanding sometimes that being uncomfortable isn't always a bad thing, and actually building that resilience to be able to sit to sit with something and and take that time. So I quite often recommend the book Sumo by Paul McGee. He calls it hippo time that you have to sit and wallow sometimes you have to sit and sit in that space and think things through because ultimately if we're upset about something or we haven't done something that's gone the way that we wanted it to do there's a learning to be had there and if yeah. we try and skip past that we don't take the learning we don't take that time to reflect on what is important why am I upset about this so what is that what is that telling me so it is important to do that but we don't have to do that for everything sometimes it's a very quick process it's almost like a a dunk in and get back out again yeah. and sometimes it's a slightly longer place but it's definitely not a place to sit in for a long period of time yeah and I think that's it's finding that balance of when is it helpful and also how long is helpful because if you do really struggle with overthinking the overwhelm and the anxiety that's not going to help so you still need to do it but you might need to do it in a different way that helps you to move forward so that you don't get you don't get stuck in there to the point where it, you know you've got all wrinkly fingers because you've been sat in your yeah. sat wallowing for such a long period of time it's not helpful so it is again it's a question of balance yeah yeah no I, I remember like the first time someone said to me just sit with it and I'm like how do you sit with it? Like, what do you do? Like, write the emotion on a bit, like, a bit of paper and sit and look at it. And I imagine some people do that, but I think, like, for me, I do overthink a lot. And I think once you start thinking about it, then you go on however many different tangents, and then yeah. you kind of have to just stop yourself and like snap out of it almost. Um, but I really like that the hippo 
analogy of yeah. you can sit and wallow for a bit and have your have your time and then you know you, you get up and, and move on and go with it yeah I'm not, I think having if you have a tendency to overthink and it snowballs having some structured questions so you're sitting with it but in a way that has some structure to it so that there's a start point and an end point yeah. can be really helpful um, and sometimes just one sentence so sometimes I will ask people to fill in the gap so I feel mm-hmm. and fill in the gap of what your emotions are so what do you feel in that moment and because this is important to me so what is this why are you feeling what you're feeling? What are those emotions telling you? It's telling you that something is important. So what is that? Because if you didn't, if that wasn't important to you, you wouldn't be feeling the way that you feel. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes it's just one one question. And I think sometimes there's um, um, there are more questions. But I think knowing when to stop and knowing when it's okay this is not helpful anymore I've gone past I've gone past the point of this being a useful process but also just sitting with a a piece of paper and a pen and offloading and downloading what's in your head onto paper can be really helpful for other people they don't that's not helpful for them either so it is you know there's never a blanket approach that fits everybody sometimes you just got to work with it and testing but I think if you have a tendency for overwhelm overthinking have some structured questions so that you've got a clear start and end point and now I know what I know what am I going to do next yeah that's a really good way to look at it and like you said going back to that blanket approach like I think that's good in a way because otherwise it would be boring if everyone did things the same way and actually you can learn off people that like people who say like yeah I sit with it and this is how I do it um, and then you know you try that and see if that works for you because ultimately you, you, you're helping people by doing that and yeah. I think it's quite interesting how people deal with different things and the way they process different things absolutely and I, we can learn so much from other people's approach to things as well so I always yeah. find it really interesting when you speak to somebody who just processes things completely in a completely different way you know there's so much to, to learn you know, I think the neurodiversity and sort of the neuro norms you know, as a, a neuronorm person, or it's not neuronorm, what's the, the correct phrase? Please feel free to correct me. But neuro, the, in terms of learning from neurodiversity, for yeah. somebody who's not in that category, I learn so much from working with people who think and process things completely differently. Yeah, yeah. And having that understanding as to why you process things differently as well. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're kind of like, oh, I don't process it the way as everyone else. Like, is that that's not right? I think about it a different way. But actually, what how you think is completely normal. Yeah. To you. So. Yeah, to you. And that's the thing, isn't it? Is that neuronormative for a lot of people, but not for everybody. So I think it's that it's always interesting, isn't it? When you hear how different people process or how people think. And sometimes that is you know it is a a brain cognitive function and sometimes it's a learned behavior of how they've been taught to work things through and I think the more I hear different ways of people doing it I'm in a very fortunate position that I have these conversations all the time I'm like I never thought about doing it like that that's really interesting I might try a little bit of that you know and being able to do things a little bit differently so thank you Emma neurotypical not neuronormative, which actually neurotypical would have been a lot easier for me to say as well. 
<laughs> Somebody's helping me out in the comments with, with the better use of language. So neurotypical would have been a lot easier for me to have said as well. So thank you, Emma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, there's, there's always something to learn, isn't there? So yeah, yeah, yeah. always, always. Great. Okay, cool. You ready for my last question? Yeah, God, it's come around really quickly. Yeah, it yeah. has. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So how has your technique of review and reflection changed over time? And how has that then changed your thinking now for like anything that happens day to day and how you think about the future? So sorry, there's probably like four questions. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, it's definitely changed. It's definitely changed as I've got, I found better ways for me of working it through. Uh, what I have got better at, so uh, we're end of the year, so you, there's not a huge amount of post-its on my wall at the moment. When we get into the next couple of, you know, planning the next quarter, there'll be a lot more post-its up there. Um, what I am getting better at doing when I'm reflecting and I'm like, oh, I could do that instead, I write it on a post-it and I park it up here on the wall so that when I've then got time, I can sit and look at what that might look like and, and do it properly. So at the moment, there's about five or six post-its where I've had a conversation with somebody and something's come up and I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I just write it on a post-it note now so that I'm not disappearing down a rabbit warren in my own head of different thoughts of, of what I could do differently. So that's, I've definitely got better at that, although I do need to remind myself sometimes because I can, I can almost feel... Uh, somebody said to me once, like a Jack Rabbit in a field, a Jack Russell in a field full of rabbits, you know, of just my attention, so easy to pull my attention in a different direction, which is a great tool for me in my old work where you needed to be able to deal with different things all at the same time. Not always helpful in this world. So I, you know, have learned to kind of focus monotask rather than multitask um so it's definitely got better in finding things that work for me but also the world changes and the business changes and sometimes i need to find different ways too so being able to adapt and be flexible around it is really important um, and also i get bored really easily so sometimes i'm like oh i've been these questions again right let me let me change it up let me ask something different so yeah, yeah. does that what else was in that question so, um, just, so yeah like the day-to-day -day aspect and how you then think about things in the future so you don't necessarily get like overwhelmed by them or um you know it's not it's not necessarily that it comes as a, a surprise to you that how yeah. how you deal with it does that make sense yeah yeah it does i'm not post-it notes are a, a godsend for me so uh, i only have in my line of sight what i'm focusing on this week everything else is behind me that's quite deliberate it's really interesting is when I speak to people they can see what's behind me and they're like oh that's an awful lot of post-it notes and like, I can't see them I've only got to worry about the the five or six that are in front of me for this week um but I know that when I do my planning I know if, if somebody asks me a question or if I'm thinking about something I'm like oh have I have I captured that I can spin around scan the post-it notes I'm like, okay it's on a post-it note so I will get to it at some point so yeah. the, the visual side of it is really important to me so I know some people use um, Asana or Trello and they'll capture it that way I like 
to be able to see it so again yeah. that's just a different a different approach isn't it I tried electronically for a while and I do use the systems but I I like to I mean most of all of this yeah. is all in my calendar anyway it pops up as a task yeah. um, but it is captured there because I think sometimes I, I like to be able to to see it but also it means and I don't get the overwhelm because I've got that reassurance that I have thought about it it is on there somewhere um, I tend to get more overwhelmed at this point so when I get to the end of a quarter and there isn't something on there and I think yeah. I haven't thought about that yet and then it's the overwhelm of the unknown for me once I've known it once I know it and I've called it out and I've kind of captured it then the overwhelm reduces for me for me the overwhelm is about that unknown of I haven't really I haven't really captured it or I don't know what's what's coming up so that works quite well for me but I know it's very different for different people I wasn't sure for a moment whether that was a dramatic pause <laughs> and then I realized that you didn't blink either <laughs> Yeah, I think like the weather just keeps throwing up surprises today. We're like midway through work, and it's like, oh no, or this, and I'm like, oh no, the connection's going. <laughs> There's your connection, and somebody's chopping a tree down right outside the window, but it seems that they're taking quite lengthy breaks, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm always <laughs> like, you just have a headache all day. <laughs> yeah, it's not been not been too bad. Thankfully, they did start quite early this morning, though, but it's not been too bad. So did I did I answer all the elements of the last question? Yeah, I think so. I think the the post-it note thing is great. Um, I really enjoy having post-it notes, like lists for lists almost in yeah. terms of stuff like that. And I think it's funny sometimes in a work environment how you kind of say, like, yeah, it's on my list or, you know, I've got 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 ownership of that um and people are kind of like are you sure or you know stuff like that everyone kind of has that has their own way of doing it um yeah. you know but yeah no it's really interesting the the ways that you do it and uh, that visualization part um i think probably resonates with a lot of people yeah and i, I think that the the thing for me and certainly what i pick up on when, when working with different people is that sometimes a to-do list can feel very overwhelming because it's yeah. a very long list with no clear indication of what you're going to get done and when. So whilst, uh, and I, I know, I don't think because of the way this is set up, I don't think that you can, you can see quite as well, but all of my post-it notes are in week blocks. So they're month, months and weeks. So I know that actually when I look at it, it's, I can, you know, if I've got something that comes in that doesn't have a particular deadline, I'll look for a week that doesn't look too busy with post-it notes and I'll then, I can kind of divide the week up, but I also use time boxing as well. So when I've got big tasks that need more than an hour of my attention, I'll block the time out in my calendar so that I know I've got the time committed to it. And yeah. I would say that that's certainly, you know, again, not blanket tool, but that's a tool that works well for a lot of people, yeah. regardless of their approach of just the logistics of booking in that time, because certainly from a work perspective, people's calendars are like, I, some people it's like 80% are meetings. It's like, okay, when are you expected to do the yeah. work? But if they can plan ahead and block time out. So most of us have re reoccurring tasks. So yeah. we have certain tasks that we have to do each month. So if we can block those out in our calendar, 
so that we're ahead of the deadline, then the meetings go then go in around it. So we've prioritized our priorities rather yeah. than prioritizing other people's priorities. So I think that's certainly a very common useful tool yeah. for everybody, but it yeah. does work for a lot of people. So again, yeah. it's just finding finding ways, isn't it? But I think ask the question if you're with somebody who seems really organized and really on top of things, ask yeah. how they do it because yeah. you might have you know, the, it's the difference that makes the difference, isn't it? There might be something there that they do yeah. that, that really works for them. I and mean, I've got a couple of clients that um, both diagnosed and undiagnosed but suspected ADD, ADHD, mm-hmm. and how they approach things and some of the things that they put in place to help them stay on track and with time management. Yeah. Really useful tools. Yeah. Really useful tools that, that all of us you know can try and potentially benefit from so yeah it's worth asking if you're if you're working with people that look to really be on top of things and meet the deadlines and seem really organized and ask ask what it is yeah, that you. yeah I, I recently changed the way I go about that um because I used to just put down the main goal of what I wanted yeah. And not actually like the little steps of how to get there and I was like there's like there's a reason why I'm not getting this like massive thing done is because I'm trying to do that before I've actually done the smaller steps to yeah. get there and breaking that down does make it less overwhelming and it is easier to then reflect on what you have done versus what you've still got to go yeah I think also when you break it down into smaller chunks they're much easier to still show up for even on your busiest day so I, I think a lot of people plan their days based on the ideal whereas actually when we if we plan for okay on the worst possible busiest day what can I still show up and do if you plan that then you've you've almost risk managed the more difficult days and still be able to show up for the things that are important to you rather than planning for an ideal week because what even is there anymore yeah yeah absolutely what is an ideal week so I think if you plan for you know okay what's what's been my busiest what does my busiest day look like what could I still do that takes me closer to the things that are important to me? Then, then you, you've got it planned in. You've you've kind of built in that resilience or that um, that extra capacity to be able to do that. Yeah. Brilliant. Another five great questions. Yeah, that's it. I'm out of questions now. <laughs> so, uh, I'm done. That's not questions. Yeah. Uh, no, really, really helpful. And uh, Emma in the comments has um, said thank you for the conversation as well. And thank you to Emma for helping me out with the word that I was looking for that wasn't wasn't just quite on the tip of my tongue. So that's really helpful. Um, and hopefully there are others that are watching in or watching and listening back that it's helped too. As always, if there are any questions at all, feel free to pop them in the comments. I'll keep my eye on it um, and answer. And uh, we will link Charlotte in so you can find Charlotte to find out a little bit more about um, their work. And also, if you need to ask me any questions, you're more than welcome to contact me through um, private uh messaging if you prefer but thank you very much another great conversation and the last one for 2022 too but we'll be back in the new year new topic we'll be talking about goals uh in the next episode um and we'll be recording that in january so short break 
Um, but back very soon with another guest, five more questions and a, a brand new topic. But thank you very much for your time today, Charlotte. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed it. It's been good. Good questions and, and great conversations. So thank you very much. Thanks, Zoe. Wait a minute. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.